Mark Orchestra at Colton. Take your Bibles and turn to John 1. John 1. We've been focusing, we started last Sunday night talking about great soul winners of the Bible. And we're going to look for the next several Sunday nights. Uh, I, I hope you've noticed a bit of a theme uh, today uh, and the last several weeks. Of course, we've been looking through and uh, now for 23 weeks, I think, uh, the book of Acts, as we see the gospel going forth. Uh, we looked last week at uh, John. Uh, we looked this morning at striving together uh, to win souls. And tonight we're being encouraged again uh, to see another man, another soul winner, uh, another person who was responsible for leading people to Jesus Christ. By the way, he wasn't a savior. He was just a soul winner. We use that word soul winner. I believe a better word would be soul warner. Uh, he told people about Jesus. And turn your Bibles there, John 1. We're going to look at verses 19 through 37. And we're going to talk about Andrew tonight. Andrew. Andrew bringing others to Jesus. Look at verse 19. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. And then said they unto him, Who art, who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Beth Abara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. And the next day John seeth Jesus coming into him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God was taken away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples... And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, as we read this passage some 2,000 years after the event, we know the rest of the story. Lord, we know that John would lose his life. Lord, we know that these two Followers that would follow Jesus would go on to lead others and they would follow him. And oh, what a great work he would do with these normal, 
ordinary men. Lord, tonight as we focus on Andrew, Lord, as we think about him, Lord, as we think about how we can be better soul winners, Lord, how we can bring other people to Jesus Christ, Lord, would you work in our hearts and lives as we study together tonight. Lord, I thank you for these dear folks. I thank you for my church family. I thank you that we can grow together and serve you together and labor together to bring souls to you. Lord, help me. Bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Verse 37, one of those men we read about, the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. One of those men was Andrew. Andrew had been there. He had heard John say, I'm not him. I'm just a voice. He heard John say, there's one that cometh after me who's greater than me. He heard John say, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And Andrew followed Jesus. Andrew is only mentioned a few times in the New Testament. You won't find a much scripture. You won't find lots of doctrine and lots of things around Andrew. You won't find a whole lot of mention of Andrew in scripture. But every time you find Andrew, you find that Andrew is bringing people to Jesus. First, he had the supreme joy of introducing his brother, Peter. Maybe you've heard of him, to the Lord. We see there in verse 39 through 42, it was Andrew. Andrew who went and found his brother, Peter. I'm sure when they grew up, they probably had some, some sibling rivalry. I'm sure Peter was a bully. I'm sure Peter was obnoxious sometimes. You know how I know? Because he was, he was obnoxious after he followed Jesus. Uh, he, I'm sure he, he was expecting Peter to say, Oh, you idiot. What are you talking about? But he went and found Peter. And he said, Hey, I found him. I found the Messiah. Come, let me show you. He brought his brother, Peter, to the Lord. Then it was Andrew who would meet a little boy with five loaves and two fishes. And he would bring that little boy to Jesus Christ. Just a little boy. But can I tell you that Andrew bringing that boy to Jesus Christ had an impact that the world still feels today. As we see Jesus showing his power. But it was Andrew. It was Andrew who finally introduced the Greeks to the Lord. Turn to John 12 with me. John chapter 12 verse 20 through 22. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was at Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. And Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. Now, can I speculate here? Will you allow me to speculate a bit? I think Philip went to Andrew because Philip didn't want to bring him to Jesus. I think Philip wanted nothing to do with the Greeks. He's like, I'm going to go find Andrew. I'll let Andrew deal with it. I'll dump it off on him. But the Bible tells us there that, and again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, Andrew, say, hey, Philip, come with me. Let, let's go bring him to Jesus. Andrew was always, as far as the record we have of Scripture, Andrew was always bringing people to Jesus Christ. He was introducing them to the Savior. Andrew had been called, by the way, to that task 
by the Lord himself in Matthew chapter 4. We won't take time to turn there, but Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20. And in the book of Luke, Jesus called Andrew to bring people to him to be a fisher of men. Andrew was just a fisherman. He was ordinary. Like if you went around Galilee and you took a census, hey, what do you do for a living? What's your job? What, what do you do? You know what a lot of the people did? <laughs> I'm a fisherman. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You live in Galilee. I mean, that's it's fishing town. He was just a normal, ordinary Joe. Or ordinary Andrew, as the case may be. He was regular. Nothing exceptionally special about him as far as the world would see. And yet Andrew, just a normal man, an ordinary man, a fisherman, God used to bring others to Jesus Christ. I, I don't think Andrew would rank with, with Paul or with Peter as we look in Scripture, but can I tell you what Andrew did? He brought people to Jesus. There's not one record, and you can look. In Matthew to Revelation, not one record of Andrew preaching a sermon. Now, he may have preached a sermon, but we have no record of it. Uh, Peter preached many sermons. We have records in Scripture. Paul preached sermons. We have record in Scripture. But we have a record that although he may never have preached a sermon, Andrew personally brought people to Jesus Christ. He was a soul winner. Number one tonight, I want us to think about the soul winner's task. Of the soul winner's task. What is the task of a soul winner? Look in your, your Bible there in John chapter 1. If you turn back there with me in verse 41, we find the task. What is the task of a soul winner? Verse 41, he findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which be interpreted the Christ. Every word in that passage of Scripture, by the way, every word in this entire book, every word, every jot, every tittle, every crossing of a T, every dotting of an I, every, every exclamation point, every point, everything is important. But I believe this verse, every word is important as we look at it. Notice first the word first. Notice that. He first findeth his own brother. There's no doubt. There's no question that Andrew led many people and brought many people to Jesus. I don't think any of us would doubt that. But first, first he found his brother. First. He thought of and successfully won his own brother. I happen to believe that was probably one of the hardest people that Andrew had to bring to Christ. But he realized the importance of it. The importance of it. When he found out who the Messiah was, his first thought was his family. Christian, I wonder for those of us that came to the gospel and got saved out of religion or out of false religion or came out of a background of a family that did not know the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment you heard the truth and you got the gospel, I'm sure that your first thought was your family. But do we act on that? When we're born again, our impulse ought to be, I want my family to know the Lord. I've had the opportunity to preach a lot of funerals. The very first funeral I preached, 
was just a few days after my 19th birthday for my grandfather. That was hard. But I knew that I'd see him again. Can I tell you how difficult that would have been as a 19-year-old boy to have had to preach that funeral for my grandfather knowing he was lost? I've had to preach a few of those funerals. I've had to preach funerals for those that I knew had rejected the gospel and wanted nothing to do with the gospel. But I praise God that we who have the gospel can bring our family. Can bring, and many of you could testify way better than me tonight of bringing family to Jesus Christ. And praise God for that burden. But the soul winner's task first. Notice the next word there, findeth. Findeth. We don't know how far Andrew had to go to find Peter. I mean, he may have gone out and said, oh, yeah, Peter's in the boat. I know where he's at. He may, I, Peter's fixing. The, he may, oh, Peter went home for lunch. He may have had to search all over the town. The Bible doesn't say, but he, find him. he found him. He looked for him. We see a word in Scripture that's important. The word is lost. Lost. Brother Joe, before you got saved, you were lost. I mean, he knew where he was, he thought. But he was lost. He needed to be found. Andrew found his brother. Dear friends, our goal as soul winners, the task is to find people. To find the lost. He found his brother. He sought for him. He, he looked for him. Uh, he was on purpose looking for him. If I told you that I hid a $100 bill underneath one of the chairs in this room while we were eating today, Brother Bonnie just reached under his chair, I wonder how many of us would look, or after the service, we'd go check all the chairs. We'd look for, why? $100 bills, I mean, that, that's a lot of money, at least in my world, that's a lot of money. I mean, I'd, I'd do some sketchy stuff for 100 bucks. I'd almost give up coffee for a day, you know, not, maybe not quite that much, but we look for it. we try to find it. We'd be like, oh, man. A few years ago, my wife lost a diamond out of her engagement ring. Not to be fair, the diamond that was in her engagement ring, you just about needed a microscope to see it. It was a very small diamond. I think it was one-tenth of a carat. Uh, that, that, that's, how, you know, that's how rich I was when we got married. I mean, we're talking. It was a big stone. And uh, she lost it. And she thinks she lost it in Value Village. Uh, so if you go to Value Village uh, in uh, Clareview, you might find it. It's been a few years ago. But it was gone. And I said, did you look for it? Oh, of course she looked for it. It was gone. Lost souls are valuable. They need to be looked for. They need to be sought. That's our task. And then it says, Andrew found his own brother. His own brother. Christian, can I encourage you again? May we find those that we have an impact with. Did you know that you have people that you interact with, your family, coworkers, that you have a better opportunity to lead to Christ than I do? I, I have people that I know that I've got a much better chance of, of giving the gospel to. Now, that doesn't mean I should only give the gospel to a small subset of people. But it does mean that I've got a much better chance of leading folks to Christ 
that I have a connection with. And we ought to use that connection to find lost folks. Andrew found his own brother. So what's our task? To find people to bring to Jesus. There's no wrong person. But I believe we should start first. Our focus should be our friends, our family, those, those we have the great impact with. But that's not all. Number two, we see the soul winner's task. Number two, we see the soul winner's testimony. What was Andrew's testimony in verse 41? He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, here's the testimony, we have found the Messiah's, which is being interpreted to Christ. What did Andrew say to Peter? We found him. Peter, you know that promise that we've spent our whole life talking about every time we've gone to the temple? Every time they've read the Old Testament and they've talked about the promise, the promised seed, and they talked about the Messiah. You know, Peter, how we've been taught our whole life growing up with our family in the temple that one day God was going to send Messiah. Peter, I found him. I found the Savior. I want you to think about this. Letter A, it was a spoken testimony. It was a spoken testimony. You know, we're, we're to be consistent, but living a Christ-like life does not exempt us from speaking our testimony. It doesn't exempt us from telling others. My wife and I have been married for 27 and a half years. That's a long time. My wife says it feels like 50. But uh, 27 and a half years ago, on a Thursday night before I got married on Saturday, I was soul winning in Huntington, West Virginia. I was with a man named Rick. Rick now lives in Florida. He's a friend of mine on Facebook. He used to live in West Virginia. Rick's older than me. Rick's about my dad's age. Rick's probably about 70 now. And this was almost 30 years ago. Rick was my age then. And I was 21. Rick was in his 40s. We were in a, a poor area of Huntington, West Virginia. I knocked on a door, and we heard through the door, Come on in! In a very weak voice. Now, that's West Virginia. That doesn't happen in Edmonton, Miss Lois, but it happened in Alabama probably. But in West Virginia, Come on in! And I hollered through the door, We're not who you think we are. And then I heard back, come on in anyway. And I opened the door, and there was a couple of folks in their 80s. And they had a hard time getting up and down. They didn't want to get up to answer the door. It was easier for them just to let whoever come in, come in. And they figured if it was a bad guy, they, you know, they were, they were going to die soon anyway. They might as well just let them in. <laughs> and we walked in, and I introduced, I introduced myself and Rick. And I said to that older couple, and they were... They were late 80s. I said, would it be okay if we sit down with you and open the Bible and shared with you how you can know for sure when this life's over you're going to heaven? And the guy looked at me and he said, yes, please. That doesn't happen a whole lot, but I sat down and opened the word of God and began to share with him the gospel. Probably 20 minutes later, I looked at both of them and I said, would you place your trust in Jesus Christ? And both of them said, yes, we'd like to, 
We want to be saved. We want to trust, we want to trust Christ. And we prayed together. Both of them were sweetly saved. After that man got saved, I'll never forget it, with tears running down his face, he looked at me and he said, Son, why did I have to wait until I was, I think it was 88? Why did I have to wait 88 years until somebody told me what you just told me? And I looked at him and I said, Sir, I don't know. I said, but I'm sure glad you know now. That dear man, I'm sure, has been in heaven for decades. But he waited 88 years for somebody to tell him. My guess is, because I know the area he's from, I know the area he, he lived in and grew up in and, and where he worked. And I promise you, he worked with Christians. I promise you he did. I promise you he had Christian neighbors who were good and decent people and lived a, lived a godly life. But not one of them ever spoke their testimony to him. Not one of them ever shared Christ with him. We see it was a spoken testimony. Not only did, was it a spoken testimony, we could go farther or there, but for sake of time, we won't let her be. It was a simple testimony. It was simple. Christian, you don't have to have a complicated message for the gospel. He said, hey, we found them. Come on. I love the story of, of Dr. Ray Young. When I was in college, he told the story of how as a college student, he was an uh, introverted boy from the, the bayou, Louisiana. Didn't know much about human interaction. And uh, he saw a girl he liked and wanted to ask her out on a date, so he went up to her and he just did this to her. She was sitting in chapel. And she got up and walked over and he just looked at her and said, get your books. So she went and picked her books up and he just turned around and started walking. She followed him. He sat down. She, she sat down beside of him. That was their first date. All he said was, I'm not recommending you do that. But I'd rather you say to somebody, just that, come to Jesus, than nothing. It's a simple message. Hey, I found him. I found him. Not only that, it was a sure testimony. Let her see. Andrew was confident of his message. He was confident. I remember sitting down with a Catholic priest inside of his the Catholic church one day when I was in Chicago, a man who was going around taking Bibles away from Christians, folks that I'd share the gospel with. He didn't know who I was when I went to see him, but I sat down and I said, Sir, I said, I have a, rel a religious question, and I figured you would be the man to, at to answer it. And I said, Would you help me? And he was so excited, somebody came to see him. And I said, sir, would you tell me how I can know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven? He looked at me and he said, I can't tell you that. I then said, do you, do you know if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? Catholic priest, I believe he was a, uh, a sincere man. He said, no, I wish I knew. I wish I knew, but I don't know. I looked at him and I said, sir, I said, I know for a fact that I'm on my way to heaven. I said, I know what the Bible says, how I can tell other people they're going to heaven. I said, I also know that you've been going around taking Bibles from people who know what you do not know. 
who have the answer in their Bible. I said, that's never going to happen again. I said, but I, I'd love to sit down and share with you how you can know. He let me talk to him. He listened to me. He was unsure. I left, he was still unsure. But we can be sure. We, we have a sure testimony. Amen. I don't have to say, well, I, I hope it all works out. I, 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 hope, this is, I hope this is the way. I, I'm really, really hanging on. Maybe we'll make it. Christian, we have a sure testimony. A very sure testimony. A, Andrew was confident. Why? He had the word of God. Letter D, as we think about the testimony of Andrew, the soul winner's testimony, letter D, was a sanctified testimony. It was set apart. Andrew used what was in Peter's mind. Peter was thinking about the Messiah. He was looking for the Messiah. By the way, so was every Jew. Every Jew was looking for the Messiah. Now, they were looking for the wrong Messiah, just as they are today. They were looking for a king. They were tired of Roman rule. They were tired of having the boot of Rome on their neck. And they said, man, the Messiah's got to come soon. <laughs> Messiah's got to come and rescue us. Peter had been looking for Messiah, looking for Messiah. And Andrew said, hey, we found the Messiah. I believe God gave him wisdom. Christian, I believe God will give you wisdom. I believe God will give me wisdom as I talk to folks to, to find and navigate truth through the open doors of the minds and hearts of those we get a chance to talk with. We need to be asking God to help us. I love when we have prayer requests uh, of folks that say, Pastor, pray. I'm going to get a chance to talk to my coworker. Several times in the last couple months, I've heard that prayer request. You ought to be praying. God, give me wisdom. God, help me know how to, how to approach that person and how to talk to them and how I can share Christ with them. But that was his testimony. Number three tonight, and I hasten, this, we see the soul winner's triumph. The soul winner's triumph. Verse 42 in our text of John 1. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by an interpretation a stone. Now you and I read that verse and we go, wow. Peter met Jesus. Now we know the rest of the story. We know that Peter would follow Christ. We know all the ups and downs. We just, we just spent about 30 weeks on our Sunday, Sunday morning services talking about Peter and, and those lessons Peter would learn. And we know all the things that transpired. It all started right here, verse 42, when Peter met Jesus. This morning I shared the testimony of D.L. Moody. As D.L. Moody shared about the day that Mr. Richard Kimball would come in that little shoe store in Boston and put his hand on his shoulder and tell him how he was concerned about his soul and D.L. Moody would get saved. You know what Mr. Kimball did? Mr. Kimball introduced a young boy who left home at an early age and went to work. He introduced that little boy that hadn't had much education to Jesus Christ. What a victory. That was a triumph. 
Mr. Kimball would not preach great crusades. Mr. Kimball would not travel across and preach in Great Britain and preach uh, in the United States and literally shape two continents for Christ. Mr. Kimball would not start the Great Moody Church in Chicago. But he introduced the man to Christ who would do those things. What was the triumph for Andrew? It was bringing somebody to Jesus Christ. Bringing somebody to Jesus Christ. It's essential to notice here that he brought Peter to Jesus. He didn't tell him to come to Christ. I love that. He didn't say, hey, why don't you, why don't you go to Jesus? He said, hey, come with me. By the way, can I help you with something just by principle here? Just a bit of an aside for the message. When you're reaching out to friends and family, coworkers, and trying to get them to come to church, can I tell you the, the absolute guaranteed the best way to do that is not, hey, why don't you come to church? It's, hey, could I stop by and pick you up? Well, why don't you come to church with me tomorrow? That's what, that's what Andrew did. He said, hey, Peter, come with me. Let's come to Jesus. And we see the triumph here. Andrew got Peter to Jesus Christ. It's a fact that most that come to the Lord are come to Christ because somebody brought them. There are some of you maybe even here tonight. Maybe you just read the Bible. Maybe you found a gospel track. And I love testimonies of folks who just found a gospel track. They read it and they trusted Christ. And, and absolutely the word of God is powerful. That's all it takes. But the fact is for most of us here tonight, you came to Christ because somebody brought you to Christ. Somebody loved you enough to introduce you to Jesus Christ. Somebody cared enough about you to bring you to Jesus Christ. And what a victory. What a great thing. Andrew formed a human link. Think about this. Andrew formed a human link between God and man. And Andrew brought Peter to Jesus Christ. Christian, tonight, you and I, we have an opportunity to bring people to Jesus Christ. And what a great victory when we can do so. As we read verse 42 there, it says, And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by an interpretation, a stone. Imagine how Andrew must have felt when he realized he had brought his brother Imagine at Caesarea Philippi when Peter would speak boldly. Hey, hey, Christian, imagine what Andrew must have thought on Pentecost when he looked and there's his brother preaching and thousands saved. Oh, the great victory. I brought him to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the fellas to, Caleb, if you give me the last slide there. Not easy to see. I was going to bring it to the platform, but you wouldn't be able to see it here anyway. That Bible, as you can tell, looks like it went through war. That was my Bible when I was a teenager, an older teenager. On the, in the front of that Bible, I began to write down. I didn't keep up with it for a long time, but I, I began to pen down every time I had a chance 
to introduce someone to Jesus Christ. July 9th, 1991, I was 16 years old. I'll never forget. Roy Scarberry, the little boy's name, as I got to sit down and open the Word of God and share with little Roy how he could become a Christian. I will never forget, as long as I live, that boy called on the Lord Jesus Christ. The next several names on that list in the front of my Bible, Jeremy McKnight, one of them, were boys that I had a chance to be a camp counselor to and minister to. And one night in that camp, Christian camp, I sat down and we shared testimonies and I opened the word of God and got to lead a few of those young boys to Christ. There's no greater joy. There's no greater joy. That old Bible's falling apart. That piece that I took a picture of literally was a piece I pulled out of the Bible that's falling apart. Now that piece of paper isn't valuable to me. But those names, those young people, the very first people that I ever got to introduce to Jesus Christ mean the world to me. Christian, can I tell you that you and I have a chance to bring people to Jesus Christ. We have a chance to tell others about him. How wonderful. God used, I believe God didn't give anything else about Andrew other than he brought people to Jesus. Because most of us can go, I can do that. I couldn't preach a message like Peter, but I could bring somebody to Jesus this week. And we ask God to help us do so. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to bring the message of the gospel to a lost and a dying world. Lord, I think of Christians gathered in here tonight. Lord, there are many who have loved ones who are lost. Lord, I know because they've asked me to pray for them. I know that many have witnessed to their family members and praying that they would come to Christ. Lord, I pray that we'd see the importance of us reaching our family. Lord, I pray we'd see beyond our family tonight. Lord, I think of those that we interact with, those that we have a relationship with, maybe at work, maybe those that have the same interests we do and we're connected in some way and we have that connection with. Lord, may we be bringing them or trying to bring them to Jesus. Lord, as I think of that old man who I got to share the gospel with just two days before I was married, Lord, I wonder how many people that I have known, how many people I've interacted with in my life that I haven't spoken about Jesus, but I needed to. Lord, every person in this world one day is going to face eternity, either heaven or hell. Lord, we have a chance to speak, to tell the truth of the gospel. God, help us not to be silent Christians. Help us not to be secret service Christians. God, help us to be soul winners. Help us to bring people to Jesus. Lord, we need your help. Lord, help us to be more effective in our witness. God, help us to realize that you want to use us. We don't need to be special. We have a special God. We don't need to have skill. We have an all-powerful God. 
It's your spirit. Lord, I pray you'd empower us and boldness to do so. Help us to see the victory. Help us to lead others to Jesus Christ. Help us to bring people to you. Lord, would you work in our hearts, Lord, as we come to this time of invitation. God, would you help us to spend some time talking to you. Lord, talking to you about how we can better be soul winners. How we can better bring others to Jesus. Talking to you about our friends and family members and co-workers that we know are lost that need you. Lord, work in our hearts. In your precious name we pray. Amen.